We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Auto Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is Sean Kane uh, from Hardcore Penn State Football. Here to preview Indiana's upcoming game against the 15th, rank, uh, 15th ranked Penn State Nittany Lions on Saturday at, in uh, Bloomington at Memorial Stadium. Game will kick off at 3.30 on ABC. Uh, the, the weather is supposed to be atrocious, uh, but happy to have uh, Sean with us on uh, to discuss the game. Indiana comes in at three and five, uh, riding a five game losing streak. Penn State comes in at six and two, coming off a 44 31 loss to Ohio State that was a lot closer um, than the score indicated. It kind of got wild there in the, in the last 10 minutes uh, if you watch that game. But uh, welcome, Sean. How are you? Hi, Sammy. I'm doing well. Doing well. Yeah, I think you. Uh kind of set the stage for us pretty well. Uh, and also Sammy was on our podcast last night, so we're incredibly grateful that he was able to pop on, and I'm happy to be talking about Penn State football and uh, the upcoming game with the Hoosiers. Yeah, it, and thanks, Sean, for returning the favor. It's always nice to talk Big Ten football, um, you know, during the season. Uh, take us through Penn State's 2022 season so far. Uh, there were a, a lot of questions. You guys opened the season at Purdue uh, with a, a late comeback win uh, in West Lafayette. You guys go down to Auburn and win uh, and things like that. But it always seems that there's questions surrounding Sean Clifford and, uh, you know, the freshman quarterback, Drew Allier, uh, you know, not playing the freshman running backs enough. Just, you know, take us through the 2022 season so far. Yeah, and I'm sure Indiana fans are very, very familiar with uh, Sean Clifford and how long he's been at Penn State. He's a six-year senior, and there was a lot of um, Clifford fatigue going into this year. I think a lot of the fans didn't want him to come back, and he's played altogether pretty pretty good so far. Uh, the, the turnovers in the last game notwithstanding, but yeah, there was the close one at Purdue. Uh, Penn State was able to pull it out. And then they were able to take care of Ohio pretty easily. Um, and they went down to Auburn and really ran through the Auburn Tigers. And then they, they struggled against Central Michigan, struggled against... Uh, Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern. <laughs> uh, and not like... Uh, and they just didn't look how you're supposed to look if you're going to be a playoff contender in my, in my opinion. And then, you know, they get curb stomped at Michigan off the bye week. And then uh, they have a nice bounce back game against Minnesota. And then they lose a close one against Ohio state. So it's been a good year 
definitely a good year. Um, but I think a lot of Penn State fans are disappointed right now. And I, but I think most of that has to do with just coming off another loss at the hands of Ohio State. They beat us every year since 2016. So, um, and look, we're in the same boat as most teams in the Big Ten in losing Ohio State a lot. But I think Penn State fans really want to take that next step and and beat the Buckeyes and maybe and compete with them. But most of us are pretty happy with being on a on a good path toward ten and two, hopefully. Yeah, uh, you know, Penn State's last four games are uh, in at Indiana, uh, Maryland at home, at Rutgers, uh, and Michigan State at home. Uh, you know, if you're a betting person, you you probably say that they go three and one at at, at worst, um, and then maybe, uh, you know, four and zero. Oh, uh, Maryland's going to be a that'll be a fun game on uh, November twelfth. But looking statistically at at Penn State, they're they're averaging thirty three point one yard um, points per game, giving up twenty two. Just uh, you know, a hundred and you know, rushing attacks all, all right, um, getting six point one eight yards per play. Um, you know, they fumbled the ball nine times, uh, lost five of them. It seems that Sean Clifford in the losses turns the ball over. Uh, it, it just is a tick off in his law in the losses. Now they're to Ohio State, and Michigan, but a tick off in their losses, uh, than than in his wins. And you know, it, it was a seventeen seven win over uh, Northwestern, but I I will chalk that game up into it, it was a driving rain that were remnants of a of a hurricane and things like that. So we'll chalk that up to that. Um. But let, let's get into a, a little short Q&A uh, real quick, Sean. James Franklin has not announced a starting quarterback. Is there smoke there? Is he playing gamesmanship with Tom Allen, who has not announced a, a starting quarterback for Saturday either? Um, and are these like the silly games that Penn State needs to be playing with Indiana? Well, that's a million-dollar question, right, um, yep. is – are they going to begin the Draller era on Saturday or no? And that's kind of the question that Penn State fans really want to know. I think if you take the pulse of Penn State fans right now, they want Draller to be the starter. And look, Corey and I on our podcast, we have defended Sean Clifford more than a lot of podcasts and probably a lot of journalistic outlets. And it's because he's, we always operated from the standpoint of who gives you the best chance to win football games, your six year senior, who albeit an average quarterback or an unproven freshman. And yes, he has higher, he has a higher upside than Sean Clifford, but I tend to believe that Sean Clifford, any given Saturday probably gives you the best chance to win football games. So that's why I wanted Sean Clifford to start. And now that, our chance at a playoff berth is pretty much out the window and uh, and a big 10 championship is out the window. I think you have to start thinking to, I think you have to start moving on to next year and thinking about what, what next year is going to be as long as Drew Aller is, you know, competent enough to get through these next four games unscathed. And 
And uh, that's that's a concern that I have because you just don't know. And typically, James Franklin hadn't played the backup quarterback as much as he's played Drew Aller. Drew's played in five games, I believe. So six, six. six. So he's played a lot um, for a backup quarterback. And I tend to believe he's going to start this week. But I could be I could be wrong on that. And the reason I say I think he's going to start this week is James Franklin after the game on Saturday against Ohio State really emphasized the turnovers as being a big part of why Penn State lost. And Sean Clifford, in some way, shape, or form, was responsible for all four turnovers. So that might be his out to try to get Drowler as the starter. But that's total speculation on part yeah and it's not like sean clifford's played poor that poorly is 16 touchdown no. passes to six interceptions uh, nearly two thousand mm-hmm. yards rushing he has four touchdowns on the ground um he's a gamer uh you know i i've watched him I, I i respect his grit and his fight too um but with, with maybe drew aller starting tell us a little bit about what drew aller brings to the table that's different from sean clifford Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Sean, I, I agree with you. He's had a good season. Uh, he's, he's a pretty good quarterback. Uh, but in a lot of ways, he's frustratingly average. And what I mean by that is you always kind of think he's will take the next step and it'll show you some really good things, but then he'll just show you some really bad things. If you watch the Purdue game this year, he had a great game. And then out of nowhere, he throws a terrible pick six just out of the clear blue sky, like for, and, and then we nearly lose the game, but then he goes and wins us the game. Like that's kind of who, who the guy is. So Drew, is, he was the number one quarterback in the country out of high school, according to 24 seven sports. He has a rocket arm, very quick release, and he could just make big time throws that probably a lot of football uh, that, that a lot of guys Maybe that a lot of guys in the pros can't even make. Now, does that mean everything? Of course not. <laughs> Lots of guys could make could could make you know crazy throws, but it's about consistency and accuracy, and and you know that the whole nine yards. So there's a lot more yep. than just being able to make big big time throws. But he could just do a little bit more from a passing perspective that that than Sean Clifford could. And so there's the upside there. There's the potential there. And I think the logic is you try to get a lot of those um, first-year hiccups out of the way this year. So him and that talented freshman class that he's a part of could really take some of that uh, – could really take some of that momentum into next year and maybe eliminate some of those, like I said, the first-year mistakes this year and try to eliminate those. Yeah, he, he's listed. I think it's six, about six four, six four. Uh, you know, six five, two thirty eight. What does he bring with? Yeah, the big speech? catch. Um, Sean Clifford has all. What, what's impressed me is that he he's well. He he's not going to run for like four hundred yards a game or be Antoine Randall-L, Um, but he creates a lot with his feet. Buys some time. Can make those throws. Does Drew Aller bring that in his game as well? Not as much, not as much as Sean Clifford, or if you guys remember Trace McSorley, he's not that type of player. 
Uh, he's more, but he's pretty good working the pocket from what we, from the limited amount of snaps that we've seen from him. He's good at knowing where to be in the pocket and could he take off? He could, and he's a big dude. So he's tough to bring down in the open field, but I don't think he's somebody that we're going to necessarily be calling a whole lot of quarterback draws for, or could create as much with his feet as Sean Clifford, as we know, Sean Clifford could. Yeah. Um, and then you mentioned last night on, on, on your podcast that Penn State's dealing with some injuries and, and maybe a loss on the offensive line. Take us through if there, what injuries do IU fans need to be um, thinking about and, and who are some, you know, notable guys who, who could play or, or could not play. Right. So Caden Wallace, he's our, he's Penn State's right tackle. He's been out the past, the past uh, few games and James Franklin really doesn't get into details on injuries, so we really don't know what's happening with, with, with these guys, but he's been injured. Landon Tangwall actually got injured. He's he's one of our guards. He got injured during warm-ups at Michigan. Don't know how that happens, but he's been out since the Michigan game, which and it's been a few weeks now. So that's and Landon Tangwall's one of our probably one of our best overall linemen. And then Olu for Fashionu, who's going to be possibly a top 10 pick in this year's draft, our starting left, Penn State's starting left tackle. He went out during the, the late in the Ohio State and he was seen uh, riding the bike and then he limped off the field. So, appeared to be a lower body injury, but uh, so we don't know if any of those guys are going to play. We do know that Olu Fashionu um, and Landon Tangwall, they were not seen at practice this past week so, uh, on Wednesday when me, when media was there. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, but Caden Wallace was practicing. Uh, you guys, is, you know, when you think of Penn State football, you think of the defense, you think of good running backs um, and, and things like that. Nick Singleton is a true freshman. He has a, uh, 606 yards rushing. You got uh, Katron Allen, another freshman. Uh, behind him with 472 yards rushing and five touchdowns. Um, you know, outside of that and Sean Clifford, it looks like those those three, and we'll leave Sean Clifford out of the equation for now, uh, but those two are, are the, the two mainstays at, at running back. What's the, the running back position look like uh, with them? So, Katron, so they both bring something a little different. Nick Singleton's the home run hitter. He could really accelerate and when you get him in the open field i mean if if you get one on one with the safety a lot of times i'm going to take nick singleton in that so big thing for if you're an indiana fan is just trying to contain him and if you could do if you could do that i think you're going to be all right against nick singleton uh try to keep him between the tackles don't let him out in the open field uh katron allen is the power guy Although he has he has more speed than I thought he would have coming into this year, they were both highly recruited. Singleton was recruited a little higher, but Katron Allen he was known to be the power guy, and he showed some quickness. If you watch the Ohio State game, Katron Allen had the better game had a better game than Nick Singleton, and that's been true for most of the year. Right now, he's just he's more of a polished runner, 
Catron uh, Allen went to IMG Academy. That's that big football school in Florida. And you yep. could really see the difference just in his him being more prepared for the college level. And Singleton's had a very, very good freshman season, and he might end up being better than Catron. But right now, Catron has the edge. Uh, another guy to look out for, uh, Indiana fans, again, probably familiar with this guy, Kevon Lee. He's still there. Um, and he's been injured the past couple of games. And I and Franklin Knight actually said that he's a game-time decision for Saturday. So you might be seeing uh, Mr. Lee this Saturday as well. Also a very good back. Uh, well, but he's he's the he, he's not quite as talented as Katron, Katron Allen or Nick Singleton. But he's an experienced guy. He had the winning touchdown against – he had the go-ahead touchdown against Purdue. So he's accomplished in his own right. So we really feel comfortable with three running backs, provided Kevon Lee is healthy. Let's switch to the defensive side of the ball. Um, you guys, uh, Penn State is, is averaging uh, two sacks per game. Uh, usually yeah, the number seems low, 16 sacks through eight games. It seems low to me. Um, you're led by a, a freshman defense ed, Danny Dennis Sutton. Uh, Johnny Dixon at, at corner as well has three sacks. Um, and, and Abdul Carter, a linebacker, freshman linebacker with two and a half sacks. It looks like you guys can get sacks uh, from anywhere, uh, any position on the field. Just take us through uh, the, the pressure this defense could bring on quarterbacks. Yeah, Manny Diaz uh, is – the defensive coordinator, he was the head coach of the University of Miami. And a lot of what he does is he's very creative with his blitzes. Like you said, Johnny Dixon's one of the leading sacks, uh, uh, one of the guys leading the team in sacks, and he's a cornerback. Um, honestly, though, the pass rush overall has been kind of disappointing for Penn State this year. Uh, like you said, it's a bit low uh, from a numbers perspective. I actually think the best guy at getting after the quarterback is Chop Robinson, and he only has one sack, but I swear he might be leading the country in hurries. He just comes so close, but close isn't good enough a lot of the time, especially when you're playing against the upper echelon in the conference. Um, so, yeah, you want to get – we want to start getting more pressure on the quarterback. I think that was one of the problems against Mich against Michigan and Ohio State was – we just weren't getting home with four. And we really, we had to blitz anytime we were able to sack CJ Stroud. Uh, Abdul Carter had a sack and Johnny Dixon had a sack in the Ohio State game, but they were both on blitzes. So not being able to get home with four has really hurt Penn, has hurt Penn State at times this year. Going into the secondary, uh, you guys have uh, some good defensive backs uh, as well. Most notably is uh, Joey Porter Jr. Uh, he, he's he's been a you know he's been a a really really good uh, player for the last three or four years. Uh, obviously, comes from great pedigree. Uh, Twenty five tackles this year, uh, eleven pass uh, breakups. Um, and a quarterback, Ari, what does he bring uh, to this de defensive secondary that um, Indiana fans need to look out for? Yeah, Joey Porter Jr., he's he's awesome. 
I mean, he's one of the best corners that in my lifetime that I've seen at Penn State. And he, one of the things that a lot of fans of other teams probably don't know is with all the first round picks Penn State's had during over the years, they've never had a defensive back taken in the first round. And I really think Joey Porter Jr. might be that first uh, defensive back taken. And he's a tall, tall kid, very physical. Uh, like you said, he's got the pedigree. He's he's not he, the one knock on him probably, and he does have good ball skills, but he just uh, he has he has a bunch of pass breakups this year. But he has an inter, he has he he only has one interception, so he's really he's had trouble um, bringing down interceptions. That's my one complaint with him, but he's very very good. Uh, he's really what you look for in. And it's, he's really what NFL teams look for in modern day cornerbacks. He actually doesn't have an interception this season, but he could run and he's very lanky. Just take, he takes up a lot of space. So yeah, he's going to be somebody that I think you're going to be watching for years and years to come on on Sundays. Awesome. Um, well, let's move on uh, to different questions. Uh, we like to do on, on our podcast, uh, like a key matchup to watch. Uh, if you're a casual uh, Big Ten football fan and you're tuning into this game, uh, for you, what is your um, you know matchup you're looking at uh, from the Penn State side? Well, probably um, Penn State's probably Penn State's uh, offense against Tom Allen defense. Uh, trying to get the, trying to you know keep the passing game uh, rolling because even though they had four, we had uh, four turnovers last week, uh, the passing game was still humming along and they also played really really they also played well against um, against Minnesota. Now it's going to be raining on Saturday, so yes. you have to take that into account. But I'm interested to see how, especially if Drew Aller is the quarterback, you know if it doesn't really skip a beat or, you know, if, and, and they might, ha- and they're going to have to run the ball because of the rain, but I'm interested to see how they could, how they could uh, throw the ball around uh, with potentially a new quarterback. Yeah. The weather's not supposed to be great. If you haven't looked at the forecast uh, for IU fans, it is, you know, it's not supposed to be super cold, but um, you know, somewhere in the sixties, uh, some rain at times uh, with, you know, winds in uh you know 19 20 miles an hour just like miserable just miserable football i mean it's great football weather but it's miserable weather to sit and watch football i guess um but uh, yeah it's it's going to be interesting penn state has played a, a rain game already in kind of the similar conditions probably a little bit more wind did, did that really affect them uh, against Northwestern, I know the score was 17-7, but it looked like Penn State had that in hand for, for most of the game. Yes, it affected uh, it affected Penn State quite a bit. Uh, you read off that that, those fumb- that fumble stat. Uh, five of them came against Northwestern. Be- or f- might have been four. I think it was five. Of, or four or five of them came against Northwestern. And, I mean, you just you don't win games that way. And if you're an Indiana fan, I mean, that's the one thing you want to do is try to force fumbles because Penn State has shown uh, that 
they could cough the ball up if, if the conditions aren't great. So hopefully that's something that James Franklin has cleaned up this week. Um, and if he didn't, then I got to, and I'm sure Tom Allen is telling, is telling his defense, try to strip the ball. Uh, that that's one of the ways that I think Indiana has a chance to stay in this game because Penn state did it against Northwestern. And I think Indiana is a better team than Northwestern and you know, it was a 10 point game. So if you're an Indiana fan, I think that's what you're going to be trying to do this weekend. Yeah. And the, in, Indiana has forced a, a bunch of fumbles. They just haven't recovered them. Uh, Indy, I think, you know, unofficially, I think the unofficial stat here is that Indiana has forced the last seven fumbles they forced. They have not recovered, which you could throw a football down wow. off the roof. And it's, it, it's almost it's statistically impossible. Um, <laughs> so it, it, it'll be, it'll be something to watch. And, and that's kind of my matchup to watch too, is how Indiana's defense uh, creates takeaways against Penn State's offense because you're right. That's how uh, a lot of these underdogs stay in games is you you force turnovers, get the ball back, you steal possessions um, and, and things like that. So let's get that into our next thing. Um, my next few questions is, are Penn State will win this game if? Go ahead. Penn State will win this game if they're able to execute their game plan. Uh, Penn State has a better team than Indiana. I don't think that's too controversial. Uh, just player for player, they got to execute. And they can't – one thing that in the past James Franklin teams have struggled with is coming off of a loss, especially a close loss. So they can't get into a lull. They can't be in some depression going into Bloomington and – in a place like I have a lot of respect for Blue for Bloomington Memorial Stadium. I've seen them give team I, I've seen teams in that stadium really struggle against Indiana. So executing the game plan, coming out fast, um, trying to get up to a try to get an early lead. That's what I think you have to do if you're Penn State. Because if you let Indiana hang around, you let them start to believe. That's that they could then they could end up being a dangerous team. Yeah, that's you know, mine. Indiana will win this game if you know they stay in it and get to believe. IU has played, you know, on paper, you'd think that they're better than Rutgers, they're probably about even, maybe a little worse than Maryland. And you know, they were probably better at the time than, than Nebraska, but you gave those teams reason to believe and they came back and won. And so that's kind of the recipe that I think IU needs to take is, is keep it close, stay in the game, build that belief. Uh, it, heck, if IU could jump out to a lead, even better, um, because that's how that's how upsets happen. Uh, but I want your take on IU will win this game if. Yeah, uh, go, kind of going back to what I said earlier, uh, they, they have to force turnovers, and they have to capitalize off those turnovers. Uh, I know – the passing game and the run game have struggled for Indiana this year. But if you, if you force turnovers, you have to take advantage of them. You can't just be because a big reason why Northwestern law, I mean, Northwestern really had a shot to beat Penn state if they were able to do anything with the turnovers and they weren't able to produce any points. So 
force the turnovers. Like you said, the defense this year that they've been able to force, uh, they've been able to force fumbles, haven't been able to recover them. So recover them and try to score. So I really think that's the way that I think that's the way Indiana could stay in this game. And who knows they're at home. They could potentially win it sloppy day. I got to think that benefits Indiana. I tend to think sloppy days benefit the underdog. So uh, sloppy weather days. So uh, yeah, that's what, that's kind of what where I'm coming from for the Hoosiers this week. Yeah. I, it, it's, you hit the nail on the head. Um, yeah. Penn state for me, Penn state will win if they execute their game plan and play up to, you know, their potential and, and, and don't, you know, take a nap after, you know, I, I get it. Losing it. We talked about it last night, losing to Ohio state. It's all the airs out of the balloon. You, you, you wanted to win the big 10 East and, and potentially go to a, a, the college football playoff. And you had a shot. You still had a shot after the Michigan loss. Um, but now with losing to Michigan to Ohio state, you're, unless something absolutely crazy happens the last four weeks of the season, uh, you're eliminated from that race. And, you know, it, it's, it seems to me that, that James Franklin's Penn state teams kind of have a, um, you saw it against Illinois last year after a, um, in, in November, there's like a November haze uh, maybe, uh, but yeah, if you're Penn state, um, don't, don't sleep on this game. And uh and get out of there with a win uh, for IU. It's, it's the exact opposite. It's going to be a, a real crappy weather day and it's probably going to keep, you know, fans from coming into the game, uh, especially on a five game losing streak. It's, it's uh, bring your own energy. Uh, you know, Penn state's used to playing in front of a hundred thousand people every week. I think the smallest crowd they played in front of this year was 57,000 up at, um, up at Purdue. Indiana's used to this. Um, they're used to try, kind of bringing their own juice, and uh, that's I think Indiana has to do that. They have to bring their own energy. They have to. I I hope that you know the students come out in full force, uh, at, like they've done for every game except for the one that there was they were on fall break, um, because they they feed off of that energy too. But to to get up after a loss, um, like Penn State to Ohio State. It's difficult. We, we've seen it in Indiana. We've seen it all over the country. So Indiana, to me, just you got to you got to bring more energy than Penn State has. And, you know, a wet wet game, odd shape ball, funny things happen. Uh, let's get into predictions, Sean. What's your prediction for Saturday? I have Penn State winning 31-13. I think it's a close game at halftime. It was actually my prediction from – uh, last night, uh, I think this is going to be a tie game at halftime. And I think Indiana is going to stick with Penn State. I've seen this movie before, Indiana, known for keeping things close. But I think at some point, talent kind of takes over. Uh, I, I could see a Basil Act interception or something really turning the game around. And then it's like you blink and it's 24-10. And that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's it's a game. The weather plays in, into Indiana's favor. Um, like you said, I, I I would say it's a 35, 
you know, 35-13, 35-16, something like that. Indiana gets a couple scores, uh, but ultimately stalls out. Uh, you're right. We've seen this movie before, and as IU fans, we've seen this movie almost over 700 times. Uh, well, if you're alive for all 700 games. But we've seen this movie a lot. Um, you keep it close. <laughs> Uh, and, and then something happens, a fumble, an interception, a, a penalty, a big kickoff return. And all of a sudden, like against Michigan, all of a sudden um, you're looking at you're, you're down by 10 instead of tied or, or something like that. So I'm going to go Penn State 35, Indiana uh, 14. But we'll see. Mm. It, it's, um, you know, I use coming off a, um, a bye week. They have quarterback questions of their own. And uh, we'll see on Saturday who's under center for both teams. Uh, Sean, before we get out of here, tell our um, our listeners where they can find you. Sorry about that. I was muted. Um, we're hardcore Penn State football. Uh, my name's Sean, obviously, uh, and my co-host, Corey. We do a podcast every Wednesday and Sunday. Uh, we're on YouTube. We are uh, anywhere podcasts are found. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Hardcore PSUFB. Um, that's Hardcore Penn State Football. And um, I did have one question for you. Uh, after you got off last night, uh, Tom Allen. Yep. Do you do you think if and you brought up that Indiana's only won five games in the past two years so far. At what point does his seat become hot? Uh, when his buyout drops under $20 million? <laughs> 2024? Yeah. I mean, Good answer. Yeah. To, to, to buy Tom Allen out after this season would be $25.5 million. To buy him out after next season, I think, is $20 million. And it doesn't drop into to single digits until December 1st, 2024. I believe. And, you know, we've seen it and I, I've talked at length on, on our podcast about it. Um, Tom Allen had to pay out of his pocket to get a new offensive coordinator last year. So to think that Indiana has 25 and a half million dollars sitting around, it's, he's not going anywhere. Um, and look, I, I think the, People, IU fans should want Tom Allen to succeed. He's an Indiana guy who wants to be at Indiana, and he's shown that he could win there. Um, is the train too far off the rails? You know, time will only tell. This sport evolves so quickly. Now with NIL, with conference expansion, um, I think the biggest fear, at least for me, is – that if IU doesn't take football seriously, you're going to get relegated to whatever relegation league that comes up when all this happens. So, um, yeah, his seat is not hot. I mean, it's probably about as warm as like the seat you're sitting in. So it's, <laughs> it's, he's not going anywhere. And unless something crazy happens, unless there's a mystery booster who pops up, um, or something off the field, um, I, I I don't see it, and and um, it's a good question, uh, but I don't see it happening. Gotcha. Yeah, I know Mark Cuban went there. Uh, that's he will not donate money to hire or fire a coach. He's come Why? out on record for that. 
Wow, that's crazy. I mean, if I had his money, I feel like I'd be throwing it everywhere at Penn State. <laughs> but that's just me. I'm not a billionaire. He donated so it. Yeah, he donated a ton of money for the Cuban Center, which is our like sports media um, mm-hmm. center that does you know all the edits, all the the graphics, and all that stuff, and they do a really good job. Uh, and it's been a really nice tool for IU athletics, but he's not, he's not putting his foot down in, in terms of that, at least not publicly. Um, gotcha. But we'll yeah, see. and I like Tom Allen. Um, and I think he's done a good job at Indiana. It's just, you know, past couple of years have been tough. Yeah. It's but a tough sometimes job. you don't have the tool, you don't have the tools to succeed. Like if you're paying out of pocket for an offensive coordinator, I mean, yep. that's, I don't know. That's tough. <laughs> yep. So, anyway, Sean, thanks for coming on. Um, Indiana and Penn State kick off at 3.30 on Saturday at Memorial Stadium in Bloomington. Game will be televised on ABC. Uh, IU fans, you can listen on the radio uh, to Don Fisher and Rhett Lewis on the IU Radio Network. And if you want to sync the call and not have your ABC announcers, you could go to syncmycall.com and uh, set it all up. Again, Sean, thanks. Uh, thanks for coming on. And, uh you know, outside of Saturday. Good luck the rest of the year. And uh, we'll talk again. Yeah, Sammy, thanks so much. Uh, good luck to Indiana, too, after Saturday. Have a have a good night, buddy. All right. Uh, that was Sean Kane from Hardcore Penn State Football. Uh, breaking down the game. Be sure to download this episode. Uh, rate, like, subscribe um, on anywhere you can find podcasts. You could follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle. Keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com. Uh, we have all your Indiana football coverage. No matter what happens, we'll have you covered. Um, uh, news-wise, breakdowns, all that stuff, we have you covered. We're not going to uh, leave you guys high and dry. Uh, so keep coming back. Enjoy the interactions. Uh, and as always, there are four weeks left of the college of um, – you know, the regular season college football goes by so quickly. Uh, Enjoy it while it lasts. Enjoy the nice weather while it lasts and uh, stay dry on Saturday.